You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham the true colors. see green hair but you can also see like the back of his head is pretty gnarly you have to wonder if he might have taken an acid bath too mm-hmm. like did they do kind of a mix here where he's got a bit of a degenerative disease and also maybe might have taken an acid bath yeah but i do like how batman shoves him the file and he looks it's it's very Hannibal Lecter. And uh-huh. I think I think that was the wholehearted intent behind all this too. He didn't say a word to him either. Just no. the root just sent it over to him. I want your perspective. Now he wanted his perspective because he's obviously a little rattled by the Riddler first anniversary's paper. They've clearly had some sort of meetup before this. Yeah. Well, and look how messed up the Joker's hands are. Right. So I think you're right. He definitely did. Something happened to his body in acid. Did he fall into a vat? Did he get spilled on him? Something definitely happened. Why is I this... love how they, they keep him blurred for a majority of this, too. Right. see like the messed up fingers even not only do you see the messed up fingers you see like the real nitty-gritty of what happened to yeah commissioner savage i like how the joker instantly knows what kind of person the riddler is right off the back i know who he is who is he He's a nobody. 
wants to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> totally just calls him out like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, definitely not political. Oh, it's personal. It's super personal. Probably goes way back. <laughs> I mean, even the way his, the angles when he's like turning his head, it almost gives you like the implication, like his nose is almost broken. Like mm -hmm. it's, his face is contorted almost. Yeah, he's clearly got some kind of degenerative disease. Matt Reeves made that abundantly clear. You're so much more fun. <laughs> Which is interesting, too, because if it is this kind of degenerative disease, when he does finally come into these films, if he comes in the second one or the third one, like, how much worse is he going to look? Right. Like, are we gonna get, <laughs> are we gonna get on par with you know, death in the family, Joker? I'm not quite sure myself, but honestly, he's he's very intrigued by this, by what the Riddler has done, because it's gotten Batman to the point where he's like, I'm gonna evaluate. I need your help. Essentially, uh -huh. he's basically telling the Joker, like, look, I want your perspective on this because I don't know what else to do. And Joker kind of taunts him, like, you're you're normally so ahead of the curve. Here's where the real revelation begins. Yep. Joker's like, I think you don't really care about his motives, whether he loves or hates you. Ooh. He says, I think somewhere deep down, you're just terrified because you're not sure he's wrong. And he just continues uh -huh. to like, then, taunt and laugh at him. And then we see the mouth. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeesh. You think they deserved it. <laughs> I mean, kudos to him for that laugh. Yeah. Yeah, that laugh was wicked, to say the least. Yeah, I I remember when the movie came out, you and I both kind of were like, eh, not too thrilled with that Joker cameo at the very end of the movie. Had this been in it, I would have been more on board with it. It would have definitely played into that little reveal at the end of the movie. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we're on the same page about that.
Hello, fellow citizens of Gotham. Welcome back to the Eternal Night Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. As you all know, I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Parker, once again joined by my heroic co-host, Craig Blaylock. Thank you all for joining us. My friend Craig, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It feels good to finally have a day off. You know, we were talking about that just before we started recording, and I'm not going to brag about having five days off. <laughs> so, there's that. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend to anyone out there, and thank you all to our fallen soldiers and veterans who served to protect our country and our rights. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Uh, but as we are here today on this glorious Memorial Day, as of recording this day, it's been about six days since the Batman has been released in full physical form. And if you couldn't tell by the episode title, that is exactly what we're here to do today. We are not going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk through the movie. We're going to do a full-on commentary track to this three-hour noir detective beautiful masterpiece, and I am more than excited. Um, what about you, Craig? How are you feeling before we kick off this glorious commentary track? I'm psyched. I, I mean, we've praised this movie enough, and the fact that Oddly enough that they decided to keep the director's commentary locked behind the digital Apple purchase. I feel like we're doing we're doing something for the people on this one. I think I'd like to agree with that because I think it's it's a little bit nonsensical. You, again, no disrespect to anyone with an Apple product, but it's just like you're lucky. If you have mm -hmm. Apple, you get to witness this commentary well not this commentary track, you get to witness a commentary track from this film from the director, and it's just like, well shit, I'd love to listen to that but i'm not gonna pay apple the money to do so <laughs> that just isn't gonna happen no 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 it's, it's just like of all things to like lock behind a specific product the director's commentary just seems like a very odd choice right and it was it was that that kind of spurred this conversation. well what if we just did our own commentary to this movie and i feel like this might be one of many in the other Batman podcasts, friends that we have that are probably might end up doing the same thing. Matter of fact, um, Scott and Tim over at DC Squadcast, they're doing like a, a scene by scene breakdown of this movie, and, and they have a lot of really intricate insight to offer on that in and of itself. So if anyone's curious, by all means, check out DC Squadcast. They're doing a scene by scene breakdown of the Batman. And I've been listening to it every, every time they drop an episode, I'm pretty quick to listen to it. And, and um, I think Tim has the the iTunes copy so he's getting all of the information <laughs> from Reeves himself which is cool it's it's a nice little insight into the peek behind the curtain if you will of what Matt Reeves thought process went into making this movie but I think this is going to be a lot more fun for me not saying uh -huh. that our last commentaries haven't been fun but let's just say there isn't any alcohol on my desk right now <laughs> yeah and there's no ice puns on this one thank god thank god no no, 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 no. But um, it's it's funny because normally whenever we would do a commentary track, we usually have our own individual copies synced up. But now for this one, Craig and I actually have uh, Movies Anywhere and Voodoo accounts, so we are able to watch it at the same time via Craig's Movies Anywhere account. So when we hit 3, 2, 1, play, we are synced up to 0, 0, 0, 0, and um, we will be off to the races watching this three-hour epic. I am, yeah. I am ready. I know Craig's ready. We have used the restroom. We are going to be here for the next three hours and and then some. So I guess and, and you know, I guess we should also preface this. Since this is a three-hour commentary, we are not doing an episode of Batman the Animated Series no. following this. 
no, no. Our next episode will be dedicated to the two-parter, uh, the two-face two-parter from that series as we continue that through HBO Max. But um, we almost decided to do this on HBO Max, but we figured for everyone who might not have an HBO Max account, it'd just be best to just do it from our own digital copies. So, any any pre, pre-game pre thoughts before we just dive right into this epic, Craig? I say let's just get into it. All right. Well, you have the play button at hand. So with that said, Craig, I'm sure you you can if you if you don't mind, be so yeah. kind as just do three, two, one, press play, and then we will be off, ready to watch this movie. All right. Here we go. The Batman. Three, two, one. And there's the red Warner Media logo back before it was Warner Brothers Discovery. DC logo. And then Ava Maria is playing, and then there is the title card, The Batman. Now, I remember Robert Pattinson, before this movie came out, said something to the effect of, this has one of the most jarring introductions to a Batman movie, and just based on the, the bird's eye view we get here of a pair of binoculars looking into this glorious building, timeless building, really give you a sense of what this Gotham City looks like. But I remember when I first saw this in the theater, I was like, what is going on? on and then you kind of hear the little bit of breathing and then you see some lights presumably police lights flash through the window just the the epic scale of cinematography done here by uh craig frazier is just top notch honestly at first i remember when i was sitting in the theater watching this at for just a brief moment i was like is this someone watching young bruce wayne inside like wayne manor Mm mm-hmm but obviously that's not the case, but it, it did kind of throw me for a loop for just a quick second as I was watching it for the first time. Now, from what I understand, the building that they're in, it is Mayor Mitchell's house, and the, this is actually the living quarters in which every mayor in Gotham City has lived in. That's a little tidbit I learned from, again, the scene-by-scene breakdown from our from Squadcast. But you, as you can see here, this is Mayor Mitchell with his family. His son is dressed up as some kind of ninja, plays make-believe that he's an actual ninja, and, you know, kind of kills his father but as they leave mayor mitchell kind of takes his jacket off and you kind of get the sense that he he shifts gears here a little bit and then the scene pans up and that's where we see the sky roof and then it does kind of cut into the skylight and the window is now open presumably leading to the idea that whoever was watching mayor mitchell is now inside and right off the bat you just with the way the cinematography is the lighting the colors in this movie you just immediately get the sense of this is a going this is going to be a noir detective story it just gives off that kind of vibe to me and this is even giving you a timestamp of like th- this is october 31st modern mm-hmm. day presumably 2021 2022 whenever this does take place and they're there's an they're going over the um the debate from the new up and coming runner for mayor Bella Real and then the incumbent mayor as we see here Don Mitchell Jr and she kind of calls him out a little bit on how everything that they've done hasn't really been doing enough for the city because it's still being ridden with drugs and crime such a good shot right here the riddler right this is the first shot of the riddler i remember people getting really spooked by seeing this multiple gasps in my in my showing from this i mean he's just watching him not saying Mm -hmm. a word and it's like a 
a predator stalking prey, if you will. But this, you also get the idea that this is this maybe, and it is his first time doing something like this. The eyes, mm-hmm. the way his eyes move and just follow him. As the incumbent mayor is talking to one of his elected officials about the poll results, and he's clearly not happy with this. You're just waiting for it to happen. And even the background, you know, Bellarial says we need a leader, not a cheerleader, and that's essentially what he's doing. He's being a cheerleader for what he thinks is presumably right for Gotham City, but as the tale will unfold. Oh, and there it is. I like how he just scrambles and then gets yeah. on top of him and proceeds to just massacre this man's head with a carpet tucking tool of all things. Well, it was really funny at my showing because, again, I went to the fan screening for this. Um, right at this moment, it was about two or three children that started whimpering, and I did see two groups of parents uh, take their children outside after this. So I was like, man, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, this, this, I don't know that this would necessarily be a uh, child friendly Batman movie. Yeah. But you can also tell that he left that there for forensics to find, he left yep. a bloodstained splot just for forensics to find and he gets back on top of the mayor and then this was actually from the trailer that that deep breathing sigh he gives of relief like he's the beginning of the end of the riddler's mission and that tape oh that shot the riddler will forever be associated with tape from now on there's a reason why my pop figure that i have of the riddler is holding a thing of tape now here's another great little detail is Bruce giving a a narration and that's the first time we've ever seen anything like this from a Batman movie. This is Thursday, October 31st, and we also see the skylight of the what is now the bat signal gleam up and begin to light the sky. This gorgeous shot of Gotham City. All the people in costume and yet Bruce is the only one not in yeah. his costume yet. He says, hidden in the chaos is the element, waiting to strike like snakes. But I'm there too. Watching. Two years of nights have turned me into a nocturnal animal. So that right there tells you he's been at this for about two years now. And he even makes it a point as we get get in more into this that he has to choose his targets carefully he can't be everywhere at once and that's at the good times grocery that's actually a fun nod to hit one of pattinson's prior movies good time huh. now is it from what i understand what is like the significance of this mask that this thug is wearing i had read something about this is some kind of easter egg for something it's um I'm not quite sure what the exact Easter egg is behind it. I just know that that he's a drophead, which is the drug in this movie that is being used for, you know, purposes. Yeah. But as we come to find out later, uh, the the drops operation was initially started by Salvatore Moroni, and it, well, it seemingly hasn't stopped, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, Jay Lacurgo, who plays uh, young Tim Drake on the show Titans, he's this is his small part in this movie. He's part of this gang of goons who feel the need to just paint their face like skeletons. I don't really know what kind of goon squad they are, but they're clearly in the business of making mayhem and torturing people. I can hear the bell chimes to this as he's putting his face makeup on. Uh-huh. 
And then there's the cowl, presumably coming out of the backpack. I like how he kind of indicates here, too, that they're just starting to use the bat signal. Mm-hmm. I mean, right off the bat, we're, we're just a few minutes in, and there's already been so many iconic little shots from this film. Like this one right here, where the thug looks up and sees the bat signal, and he just, it's instant spook town. Like, yeah. he's just terrified, and then he looks in a dark alley and thinks, is he here? Yeah. And, th and that's the point. Like, we, we'll get another shot of it when a couple of other goons are kind of trashing a bank, and then one of them has a paint can roll and they look in the again they they look in a dark alley and they're like is it him is he here i gotta say that's a pretty solid looking bat signal too yeah it is there's the paint drop into the alley i love that they think i'm hiding in the shadows The motif of water in this is also very abundant. Yeah. It's it always raining in Gotham it, City. It's damn near <laughs> always raining in Gotham City. Come on, man, what are you doing? Clearly he hesitated in, on hitting just an innocent bystander as part of his induction to this clan, group, gang, whatever you want to call it. Be interesting to see if these guys come back in the next uh, movie, considering the events that happen at the end of this movie. If they feel the need that, like, well, the city's going to chaos, we should come back. I think there's a chance they might get recruited into another crime boss's wing. Maybe the Penguin. Oh, uh, here we go. This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. You know, there's a count. He does like 40 steps before he actually gets to lay a can of whoop-ass on their leader. Yeah. But it's about 20 steps in before you actually see him come out of the alley. Or the darkness here. I just, I love the tension and how the footsteps just echo throughout. And then there he is. What the hell are you supposed to be? And I think I've made it, I made it known on one of our prior episodes that whenever he walks out of somewhere, it's almost like a nod to like a cowboy walking out of the old west, just ready yeah. for some action. It's this interesting blend of that, and to me, it's like again, it's like a monster movie. Like you're mm -hmm. waiting for the monster to reveal itself, and then he just he uh, pounds the snot out of this guy, and then gives him two more on the ground for good measure, and lets him know I'm vengeance. And this shot of him coming back up, rising. Yep. And he takes out all these guys by himself. Yep. Granted, not without a few good licks to him, too. Like, he, he takes some hits throughout this. And that's the thing that I like. I like that he does take hits. I like that this Batman, you know, he's two years in. He's not an expert at his craft yet. Oh, no. Not at all. This this guy thinks he's super smart, fired a shot yeah. off at Batman. Oh, man. And gets shocked for it. Which, 
the more I watch this movie, the more influence of Arkham Origins I see in it. Yeah. Basically, within the suit and even with the shot gauntlet there, there is a little bit of... And even the, the tension between him and Alfred, as will come out, come later, but definitely a lot of Arkham Origin influence in this. No, you're not going to be Robin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just not going to happen. Not in this universe. And then this guy is terrified of him. Right. Even though he saved him. That's the thing. He, he, he may have saved this person's life, but he did it in such a manner that was just terrifying. Then he looks up and sees the signal, and that's when he knows. Now, I think this is probably one of my favorite sequences in the film, because this is something I think myself and a lot of other fans have been just dying to see in a Batman film, and that's Batman being brought into a crime scene. Yep. Which doesn't happen very often. And not just any crime scene. A crime scene that involves, you know, some legitimate detective work that that gets involved. I mean, The Dark Knight had, you know, that, that scene with Gordon and him in the bank. But this this is the remains of the mayor. A message from the murderer. Like, this is a full-on detective feast, if you will. Yeah. And Martinez here, he, he's got a pretty prominent little role throughout the entirety of this movie. And he goes from being wigged out by Batman to being a huge supporter of the Batman. I do find it interesting that he went to draw his gun on him. Oh, yeah. I like that that Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright, just subtly says, Martinez, let him through. Gordon's looking at it like, what am I dealing with today? Well, I mean, they've dealt with a lot of things, but this is clearly <laughs> new. Now, this is something that was pointed out, again, from me listening to Squadcast. If you pay attention, the, the no more lies that the mayor is... It's written on his face in the duct tape, but it's also plastered on newspapers on his TV. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't and, catch and if that. You, if you think about the way he's positioned, it's like he's looking... At the TV. At, at the TV. Right. Mm. And this, is, this actually made me <laughs> chuckle where he's just like, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> I like that Batman doesn't move either. He right? just stands there. He was alive when it was cut off. And this right here is another display of his detective prowess. He was able to mm -hmm. figure out that the mayor's thumb was taken when he was still alive. Which, it, now looking back on it, makes it even more disturbing on this murder of the mayor because obviously we didn't see him cut the thumb off. So right. he was alive while he was taping him all over his face right so you got to assume not only did he probably die from those blows to the head but he suffocated as well true and batman, that is a that's a terrifying thing to think about yeah and batman found that blood-stained splatter from the carpet tucking tool and then the forensics person followed suit and saw it now here's another one from your secret friend who court of Owls reference maybe i don't know yeah, very possible Having a clue. Let's play a game, me and you. What does a liar do when he's dead? He lies still. 
double meaning there. And then they find the cipher. Very Zodiac Killer. Yeah. And here comes Mordecai. Get back. <laughs> He's trying. Now here is Commissioner Pete Savage, who is having a cow just at the sight of Batman being at this crime scene. And he's just giving it to Gordon. He's like, what, you, is he involved in this? He's a goddamn vigilante. Excuse me? He lies still? <laughs> the riddle. What does a liar do when he's dead? I was actually really surprised that they let an F-bomb drop so early in this movie, and it's from Commissioner Pete <laughs> Savage yeah. of all things. This must be your favorite night of the year, huh, pal? Happy and Halloween. <laughs> Every PG-13 movie gets one. And I think here it was used effectively. Uh-huh. Oh, he's clearly not happy with Batman being there. Then again, if I was a part of something like that, I wouldn't be too. Oh, whoops. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the really... Here's the part that really hit home for Batman. Is when he finds out that the mayor's son was the one who found him. Yeah. That cowl is so good. I'm sorry. I, I really, really dig the design they did on the cowl in this movie. You know, the whole suit as a, on the whole kind of took some getting used to for me, but after seeing him utilize it in action and seeing him in certain spots, like right there, that's a really good shot of it too. Uh -huh. It just looks excellent. I'm very curious to see what kind of evolution it's going to go through within the next film if there is to be one. Now we're outside the mayor's house. Savage is giving his, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. He's letting the press know that, hey, mayor's dead. He was a son. He was a father. He was a friend. And he's making an announcement that they will not rest until this killer's found. Well, good luck finding him. That's all uh -huh. I got to say. And there's Bruce in his drifter garb, putting his helmet on. And now he's even unsure of himself. He's... As we, this is also the part where we get uh, something in the way by Nirvana to the backdrop of him riding through the city on a motorcycle. And he feels like, after even after two years, is he really making a difference? He's questioning whether or not he's had the effect that he's wanted. And I actually think that's a brilliant thing to showcase in, in this version of Batman because nine times out of ten, Batman is usually pretty confident, usually on top of things. This is one where he's still not quite at the beginning but he's still very much figuring shit out these scoping shots of the city are just so beautiful and i do love that wayne tower is his base of operations as opposed to yeah. Wayne manor it's a nice difference based based just purely based on past iterations i love the way he gets into wayne tower and where we see his current bat cave I do love this cave. I love this shot. I love everything about it. All Beautiful. the bats. All the bats. 
Yeah. Wayne Terminus. You gotta wonder how much guano that Alfred has to clean up in that cave. I don't think he really does. I think they just <laughs> let it sit there and ferment. And here we go. The introduction of one of the coolest little pieces of bad tech I've seen in a long time. The detective vision. Yep. Love this. Now this is also kind of a nod to later, more present day comics where Batman has had multiple caves. One of them was in fact under Wayne Tower. And I want to say that was prominent in Chuck Dixon run when Nightfall was happening. If There's not around the Batmobile that time. chilling under the tarp. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think we talked about this in our review episode. I love the little hints they give at the Batmobile leading up to the chasing that's to come. You know, we see this shot of it under the tarp. Later on, we'll see pieces of the engine and little, just little hints as we get closer to the actual full reveal of it. Mm hmm. <clears throat> oh, there's the trigger. They mentioned his parents. Uh huh. There's the engine. <laughs> yep. There's the engine. Elevator door opens, and who pops out? None other than Alfred, played by Andy Serkis. Looking very Earth One, I should say. Matter of fact, I would actually say that a lot of this Alfred is based on the Earth One version of the character. Yeah. Dick Gold. Alfred's just mortified at the sight of what happened to the mayor. <clears throat> uh, you know, he probably always assumed they would just be dealing with, you know, gang members, drug pushers. I don't think he was ever expecting anything like this. And he's surprised. He's like, the killer left this for the Batman. Apparently. <laughs> and even Bruce is like, I don't know yet, but I'm going to figure it out. Now, here's where we get our first shot of tension between Bruce and Alfred. Alfred has invited the Wayne investors over to their tower for a meeting, and Bruce is like, to hell with that. I don't want to deal with that. He doesn't care about any of it. And I, I really do like what they've done with Bruce in this movie. He is so obsessed with his Batman persona, he doesn't give a damn about his Wayne persona. And so much so, if this is if he can't do anything about it as Batman, then he just doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the learning experience for him for this movie. And even chastises Alfred. He's like, just stop. You're not my father. Which will definitely come into play later on in the movie. You also get the feeling that he's probably wearing his Batman stuff under his clothes, except for the cowl. Yeah, probably. That's my guess. Alfred notices the child as well. Mm hmm. And he's just like, damn, I screwed up.
tell Bruce is already a little banged up from the two years that he's been doing this. Oh, absolutely. I like Alfred's little... Some fresh berries there. <laughs> I've always just chuckled at that. <laughs> just reminiscing about my days in the circus. Trying to figure out this entire cipher. I love that. Bruce just kind of like, oh, God, the light. Mm -hmm. He's so used to being nocturnal at this point. Yeah, I do like that little detail that he's just not accustomed to being in daylight at all, and he just puts glasses <laughs> he's, on. He's got to put sunglasses on. I know some people thought that that was Aunt Harriet, like a nod to the 66 show, but then it's clearly not. Now, I like this. He actually was able to figure out the cipher as it was by just utilizing the characters that they had. And it just delivers one word. Huh. Drive. Now that's a cool shot. Yeah. That's a really cool shot of the garage door opening up and you see the reflection of Gordon and Batman coming in through the elevator. Love that. This is another thing I appreciate about the movie, I, I love that they really build this dynamic between Gordon and Batman throughout the film. It's like, you don't trust me? You mean like you trust me? It's been two years now and I don't even know who you are, man. That's his little nickname for Batman. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that we actually get to see them interacting. I would say more than we've ever seen on any of the films. Uh, yeah, I would even say more so than Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I think this is probably the most yeah. closest we've seen a Batman-Gordon relationship done in film. And I also probably guess that the tool he just pulled out of the tire was more than likely the tool he used to cut the thumb off the mayor. Yeah, probably. Here we go. Thumb drive. Mm-hmm. Thumb drive. <laughs> 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 the device is encrypted. Try this. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, man. Why did I get into this kind of work? Flicks it open, sees the thumbprint. Oh, this guy's <laughs> hilarious. Credit to where credit is due. The Riddler in this movie, he thought it out. He thought it out well. And I like this kind of sick sense of humor that the Riddler has. And here's where the double meaning comes in. Because he obviously lies still in front of his lies, but he's also lying about her. Uh -huh. Oh shit. Rutro. You just sent off all these photos to every news outlet in Gotham City. <laughs> your commissioner is going to have your head on a platter, Gordon. That's the Iceberg Lounge, another prominent place in Gotham City's history. Run by none other than Oswald Cobblepot.
I like that. You'll never get in without a warrant. And Batman's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I need a warrant. Luckily, I don't need to worry about a warrant. Another rainy day in Gotham. Oh, the twins. I want to see the penguin. <laughs> just shuts the door in his face. There's no penguin here. That's what I tried to tell him. Get out of here, freak, you hear me? The little suit's gonna get full of blood. Mine are yours. <laughs> he like just takes he... them out, no problem. Yep. Makes them I love like... this scene because the camera just stays with him. It's a bit of a wonder shot. Yeah, I love these kind of scenes. And it even goes from in front of him, around him, to behind him. Yep. Imagine you're at, you're at you're in this club, you're raving, and then you see this playing out around you. <laughs> you know what's funny is is there are some Batman fans who are just like, man, this isn't the Iceberg Lounge, and I'm just like. What were you expecting? <laughs> yeah, you want him to walk in and everything be ice. Literally. Or not even that. Or just like, were, were you expecting a bunch of high-class nissies just having fun? No. Yeah. Like, this is Gotham City. This is, you know, the Penguin, who's not that. It, this is a completely different version of the character, and I think that this version of the Iceberg Lounge is very in line with who this version of the character is. Yep. Ah, uh, that grappling hook. I love how it comes out of his hand like that. Take it easy, sweetheart. I'm still shocked and awe that, that 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 that's Colin Farrell. This yeah, this movie better get a nomination for makeup design. Yeah, the unfortunate because thing my is, God, it it won't happen until next year because this movie came out this year. True. Batman just puts it away casually, but still has. But that. It, it needs to be considered for a nomination because my God, the work on him. Apparently his solo series starts shooting very soon for the HBO I did Max. read about that, yeah. Yeah. And there's our first look at Selena Kyle. <laughs> I love this kind of awkward tension between the three of them. Mm -hmm. She walks in, just staring at him. Penguin's kind of looking at her like, if you, you're going to move. I just think Zoe Kravitz was an incredible choice to play this character, this version of the character. Yeah. And now she knows that he's looking for, we will come to find out, her friend who has something to do with the mayor. So now she's become a part of this as well. Who's murder? The mayor's. Oh, is that the mayor? Oh, shit, look at that. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> you know, and I love how this first interaction, Penguin is not intimidated at by him yet. Not yet. And this is very in line with the character. He's like, look, I'm not... I ain't been up to shit. I'm just the proprietor mm -hmm. of this establishment. What goes on here has SFA to do with me. 
I could be curious to know how long it took for them to get Colin Farrell prepared each day in the makeup chair for this. Probably a few hours, give or take. <laughs> Too soon. Implying that maybe his wife knew about his mistress. That's terrible. You let me know if there's anything I can do. Oh, he will. He'll be back. You can bet your ass he'll be back. Now, we just missed it, that scene where it was showing the train. Did you notice, I, I think I sent it to you, a video where there was a shot of the yeah. Riddler yeah, at about looking half, across at the Iceberg Lounge. Right, at about a half hour, and you actually do see the Riddler looking down on the Iceberg Lounge, and that's how he's essentially able to figure out where all these prominent figures of Gotham hang out, how they're able to uh, figure out their plan, how he was able to kind of piece things together from his own perspective while also being a forensics analyst, as we will find out later in the film. I also do like that this shot, you do get a sense of, you get her perspective from Selina Kyle, but then it, the camera kind of shifts and you also do see Bruce tailing her. Yeah. As the drifter. Still raining. <laughs> Another shot with camera lenses, or binocular lenses, I guess, would be the more appropriate verbiage there. But this time it's from Bruce's perspective, and he's kind of being a creeper. Yeah, a little bit. A little, little, little creeper here. Rut row. Seeing yourself on TV next to the mayor? Oof. That's spooky. Well, next to the mayor coming out of a building that the penguin runs. Right. You also just get a sense of the kind of person that Selena Kyle is here. Clearly, you know, she works at the Iceberg Lounge, which is a very questionable place to begin with, but she has good intentions, which has always been a pretty prominent aspect of that character even going all the way back to when she was first introduced. Uh, here's where Bruce goes a little too far with the creeper. <laughs> I mean... He, he, he could have he could have stopped what he was doing at this point. Let's just clarify for all the listeners right now, we are looking respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely still looking respectfully. <laughs> He's doing this for investigative purposes well said Craig well said and I think she's probably got one of the most accurate Catwoman costumes that's been done in a while because I mean yeah. no knock to Michelle Pfeiffer but a lot, I, I know a lot of people had issues with the fact that her suit was really stitched together uh, then you kind of move forward to Anne Hathaway's version of the costume where she didn't really have um, you know a mask or anything she just kind of had a headpiece that turned into eye goggles but this I think she she's I think Zoe Kravitz's version of the character has got it pretty close. I'd say so. I wasn't I wasn't too big of a fan of the goggle type things that Hathaway had in the Dark Knight Rises. There was a little I don't know. Didn't didn't pull the costume together for me. Well, the fact they kind of flipped up into ears was kind of cool, but when it came down, it was just, eh. Yeah. Whereas, though, here, 
with Selena Kyle, she's got like a, a beanie that kind of doubles as a cat mask, and I actually really mm-hmm. like that. Almost makes you wonder if she comes back in the sequel, will she have the same costume or will she have something different as well? I'm honestly not too sure. I'd be kind of curious to, to know if does she keep the beanie or does she come back with maybe like an actual suit? Or a headpiece with ears and goggles. Yeah. I don't know. I do like that this showcases her burglary skills. I thought that was actually a really nice touch. Yeah. You're pretty good at that. How he got in there without yeah. her hearing, I, I don't know, but I still love it. That's the power of Batman. He can slip in unnoticed. Oh, that cake flip. Yep. Love it. It's like, nope. Stay down, kitty cat. Did she really just hiss at him? I think so. I think she I totally think that was a bit of a hiss. I think so. Annika. Just give me the goddamn passport. Oh, man. Look at this. She's fighting it at first like any normal cat would, mm-hmm. but then she kind of settles into it. Which really is a nice presentation of their relationship and how it goes throughout the rest of this film. Is that Officer Martinez or is that a different officer? I couldn't tell. I think that's somebody else. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to tell. I feel like if it was Martinez, I think they would have focused the camera a bit more on him. You got a point, yeah. So the mayor stole this woman's passport, even though they were seen walking out of the Iceberg Lounge together. Interesting. Why could he have taken her passport? I don't know. We'll find that out later, I'm sure. <laughs> I love how annoyed she is with him. Mm-hmm. They just met and she's already sick of him. Oh no. Your apartment has been trashed. Whatever will you do? At least they didn't hurt any of the cats. Yeah, I'm not one for animal abuse because that just ain't right. Oni? (laughs) So there's just something about Batman standing in an apartment covered with cats (laughs) and then looking at her bills to figure out what her name is two more oh they took your phone too Hmm. here's where we find out what happened to Savage Commissioner Pete Savage now this is where we actually get some dialogue from the Riddler yep What a way to start his introduction. Hello, people of Gotham. 
This is the Riddler speaking. <laughs> oh man. This is my one of my favorite parts with the Riddler in it, but for a very dark reason. Like he shows the mayor there in his little mouse trap, pun intended, or rat trap rather, and <laughs> we'll soon be losing face. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is really well written, but in a dark way. Um, when he pans into view in front of the mayor, or sorry, in front of the commissioner, like right here, goodbye! I yes. <laughs> that makes me laugh so much because he's, he's having fun with it. Yeah. But when you're that twisted and you put someone in a, a rat trap... And they, ha they, he's just sick. Let's just get it out of the way. The Riddler in this movie is just a sick individual. There's no getting well, around that. The way he angled it to it literally looks like the Riddler's taking a selfie with the commissioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his line delivery during that, the truth will finally... Goodbye. He knows when to emphasize so perfectly. Oh. What does she choose to drink? Some milk. I mean, of course. Why wouldn't you? I love her nails. I know. She can slap me stupid ten ways to Sunday and I'd still have a smile <laughs> on my face. <laughs> Probably have a couple scars, but, you know, worth it. Maybe a scar along the side of your face like a certain character. Hey, now. I see what you <laughs> did there. You got a lot of cats. I have a thing about strays. That you do, Selena. That you do. <laughs> there really are a lot of cats in that apartment. Yeah, there's, there's a fair few of them, aren't there? And clearly, she's a cat person. So now that now that Commissioner Savage is dead, you'd have to imagine Police Chief Bach is probably head man in charge for the time being until a new one is elected. Yep. Makes you wonder by the second movie, will Gordon be up to his commissioner status? That is possible. I think it is a very much a possibility. Given the fact that as we, you know, towards the end of the movie, he'll play a part in stopping what happens at the end. Right. And with the newly formed mayor as well. Oh, well, spoilers. Not really if you've seen this movie, but... I also like that Batman was able to see that there's another cipher within the maze itself. Yeah. Another nod to a Batman location in the east end of Gotham City. See, now this is where Gordon starts to realize that, okay, if the Riddler's targeting the mayor and now the commissioner, there's something going on, and clearly they weren't as squeaky clean as he thought they were initially. 
Well, and he even says, he's like, we we put all that work, all that effort into Busty Maroney. Why would he do this? Mm-hmm. Oh, another letter to the Batman. Now, if I'm not mistaken, after this scene is where the deleted scene with the Joker would have taken place in the movie. Oh, okay, so after this scene. After the after the death of the commissioner is when Batman would have went to go see the Joker. Oh, okay. And then he comes back and sees Gordon on the rooftop. Might spoil the chemistry. Follow the maze until you find the rat. Bring him into the light. You'll find where I'm at. How ironic. Because he was looking at the Iceberg Lounge the entire time. Yep. Uh-oh. There's Martinez. Yep. So he would have gone to see the Joker, then he would have come over here with Selina? So I think he would have done this, and then while the Riddler was getting Coulson, he was dealing with the Riddler and trying to, or dealing with the Joker and trying to figure out who the Riddler is. Ah, uh, okay. And then once he goes to see Commissioner Gordon atop the renewal building where the signal is, right before the funeral, and right before him meeting Gordon, I think, and after this scene, I think is when he would have went to go see the Joker. Okay. I like the way that they look at each other. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect. You know, honestly, I think they probably have the most believable Batman-Catwoman relationship of any of them on screen thus far between, um, you know, Adam West and Lee Merriweather from the 66 film and then Keaton and Pfeiffer in Returns and then of course Bale and Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises and now here like they, they just because they are kind of a team but it's not by wanted circumstances like it, it's under certain circumstances that they kind of have to work together but they're yeah. very reluctant to do so while also having a bit of an attraction to one another very true I like that he was able to just kind of set up a little mini computer setup just to, <laughs> yeah. just to see what she's seeing. It's like, how much work did that take? Like, did he have to haul it over in the bat bike or what? Mackenzie, the broken nose cop. <laughs> I like that. Looks like I broke his nose. <laughs> He's an off-duty cop, and you broke his nose. Now, the one thing I'm curious to know is, you know, Bruce has some of this technology now that he's two years in. I want to know, do you think Lucius Fox is involved? Like, how did he get this tech? Um, based off the prequel novel, it's my understanding that Bruce spent a lot of his time fiddling around with his own kind of gadgetry and and figuring stuff out on his own accord so i don't know 
he might have gotten the technology itself from Wayne Enterprises, but as a as it actually being from Lucius Fox, couldn't tell you. Huh. But I do think that he forged a lot of this stuff on his own time. <laughs> he calls her out on dealing drops for the penguin, and she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I need to see his face, and sure enough, it is Gil Colson, the current district attorney of Gotham City, played by Mr. Peter Sarsgaard. Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband, I think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not to be confused with the Sarsgaard family, it's Sars, S-A-R-S-Gaard. But Yish, the very same. It's a hell of a time to be the new girl. Oh, buddy. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Hey, come on over here. We're all getting high as kites. Yeah. And I don't really know what exactly drops, like, what kind of high those those would offer if you just, you know, if you're essentially just putting Visine in your eye. Yeah. Like, what... The only thing I can even think of to compare it to is like from Cowboy Bebop, the red eye drug that there you go. gets taken around. But in that case, in that show, you know, it makes people like super aggressive and you can move much faster and that kind of stuff. Obviously, this does not do any of that. No. And, you know, they're mixing it with alcohol. So you got to wonder like what kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more like a relaxing, a relaxing. Yeah. I don't even know if that's the right word, but that's my guess. See, this scene right here, I'm a little questionable of because it's it's just so, hey, what's this about a rat? It's very direct, but it also yeah. just feels a little, I don't even know, stale? Yeah, I agree. It, it kind of, it moves too quickly, like to just go straight from, oh yeah, we're over here having a good time, to like, oh hey, you mentioned a rat, tell me about a rat. Right. And then naturally Coulson just spills the beans that very well could be due to the fact that he's high as a kite but and that's kind of what I thought too the fact that she was able to ask this question and he just opens up I believe it's probably because they're all doped out of their minds right now that's my guess too and then she proceeds to go off rail here go after the girl who mentions her friend and Batman's like nah go back And that is where we are introduced to the one and only Carmine Falcone, played by John Turturro. With the penguin right by him. Yep. I like that Batman. I like that Batman. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I like that Batman was able to kind of deduce immediately, like, you have a thing with Falcone. Yeah. There's just something creepy about him, like, holding her like that. And who would have thought John Turturro, of all people, playing this character <laughs> as, as so grimace and subtle as he is and just absolutely being terrifying all at the same time, too? Because obviously, you know, my 
familiarity with Totoro was from the first Transformers movie, where he's a completely yeah. different kind of character in that. Yeah. But, but seeing him here, I was really, really impressed. And you've lost your eyes inside the Iceberg Lounge, Batman. Good job. Right here we get the sense that, oh, well, Riddler's around. She's like, I'm not getting in the car with you. What, are you insane? <laughs> oh, poor Gil. Looks like you're going home solo tonight, buddy. Wait a minute, aren't you married? Yeah. You yeah. lying sleaze. <laughs> He's and he, so disappointed. And he still looks kind of drugged out, too. Yeah, yeah. And he has just, not come down from that high. And it's just like, dude, you're getting in a car. You're kind of drunk, and you're still kind of high. What the hell's the matter with you? That's dangerous. Well, all of his associates are getting taken out. He's starting to lose control. I actually really like the way that this was shot. Me too. There's a little bit of fog on his screen. He has to wipe it away. And then there's the Riddler who kind of comes into view right behind him. And you're just like, oh, ooh. And just like with the mayor, you're waiting for them to pull the trigger. You're waiting for it to happen. And then... And he's just like, uh, oh, wait, uh, I should probably do something. And then he just smacks the shit out of his head. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, he noticed me. Uh, uh, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I can hear that car horn. Gotta get the tape ready. And this one's a little more disturbing because you actually do see him start wrapping him with the tape. You see him start wrapping the tape, but then you also see him... Put, put something the, on him. Right, you see him put the collar on him, but it's also done through this, like, um... I forget what kind of filter this is, but it's very like you can you get the gist of it, but you don't actually see it. Uh -huh. And you even see the lights going through the car as it's yeah. panning back out. I love that. Another interesting thing that I've been noticing while watching this movie: look how empty the city is as night turns to day well clearly the city has a knack for being a nightlife yes city so this scene this is where i think before this scene happens is where i think batman would have met with the joker in arkham and then made his way to gordon right So basically between when the Riddler gets Coulson and this, I think, is when the Joker and Batman have their conversation before it was cut. And I love how he just steps out of the shadow and it just uh -huh. felt so natural. I have a source who spoke to the DA last or tonight. Tonight or last night? I'm not going to rewind it. <laughs> You're not corrupt. Uh, 
Pattinson's eyes do such a good job of showing his emotions, his reactions, without having to use dialogue. He does do a lot of eye acting with this role in particular. Like that shot just there, where Gordon's like, Coulson's corrupt, and he just looks at him. He doesn't turn. He doesn't even turn his full head. He just turns his eyes towards him. <laughs> right. This is a powder keg, and Riddler is the match. More oh, shots of the engine, yep. car pieces. There's the bat cycle. And here's Bruce going over what him and Selena were going through previous night. He cleaned himself up a bit here. Yeah, this is actually the first time you see Bruce Wayne in a very spiffy, rich boy look in the entirety of the entire movie. And which is funny, too, because the, the only reason why he's even doing this is because he has a feeling that Riddler's going to make an appearance. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't even have bothered going out into the public and going to this funeral. Mm -hmm. I like how Alfred mentions that he's been working on the cipher and there's Spanish attached to it, and it's not great, but you are El Rata Alada. Rat with rings? Slang for pigeon. Stool pigeon. I like how he was really going to go out into the public eye. <laughs> yeah. And Alfred's like, I don't want, I'm not going to let you go out there without cufflinks on. What's the matter with you? Well, and again, it just further shows like Bruce just, he doesn't care about keeping up appearances. And he kind of mocks Alfred a little bit. He's like, What are you, Wayne? And he's like, Your father gave him to me. And you, the look on his face. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> Now this somber piece, I can even hear it without having the, the the sound on. Like this is clearly the theme that they decided on for Bruce Wayne, Giacchino and Reeves. This is evidently yeah. clear to me. And you start to notice, oh wow, there's a couple people in the public wearing Riddler masks and mm -hmm. question marks. Mm -hmm. Like he's starting to build a bit of a following. Makes you wonder if some of them probably appear at the end of the movie. I bet part of his uh, little social group. I like how the press is just infatuated with the fact that Bruce Wayne has stepped out into the light for the yeah. first time in what seems to be years. And, and everyone is like, holy crap, it's Bruce Wayne. Right. And then there's the other recluse of Gotham City, Carmine Falcone himself. And I like for just a second, Bruce thinks that this could be Selena. Mm hmm. And to the marketing's credit, they actually did a bait and switch with that. Yeah. Because as we're about to find out, this is not Selena Kyle. Looked a hell of a lot like her, though. <laughs> right. 
Here's where we get our ties to the long Halloween. Yep. I like how he just tells Bruce straight up, like, oh, someone's not going to take a shot at me because your dad ain't around? Yeah. And then he lays the history on him. Like, yeah, he got shot in the chest, and his father was the one who saved him right there on the table at Wayne Manor. Or it might have been Wayne Tower. One or the other. Well, considering he said he operated on the dining room table, I'm guessing it was the manor. Yeah, because it was around... The time they got, they turned it into an orphanage was around the same time that his parents died. Yeah. Hippocratic Oath. That's right, Carmine, the Hippocratic Oath. That doctor's take to save lives. I remember when this clip was released online. Uh -huh. Just days before the movie debuted. In late February. I'm curious to know what that guy's... Well, why was that guy trying to sneak through? Mm, he probably just wanted a good look at the mayor's coffin. That's probably. my guess. And then you got this guy saying that the mayor got, or the savage and mayor and all of them got what they deserved. Mm hmm. And here's the mayor's challenger. I love how upset she is with him, thinking that he's just not doing anything for the city. Mm-hmm. Your family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. And it's like, ah, uh, well, if only you knew. It is interesting, too, how they cast a kid that kind of looks like a young Robert Pattinson, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. For the mayor's son. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, I actually thought that Chief Bach was actually O'Hara, but then later on in the movie, Gordon clarifies the chief's name is actually Bach. Like B-O-C-K or something like that. And you hear some noises going on outside. It's funny, too, because this moment, you know, we saw this in the trailer, and yet it is still an extremely tense moment. And then he looks up and sees somebody standing there. Oh, yeah. This was clearly one of the first things they shot, because this was part of that first initial teaser. This was yep. done within the 25-30% of footage they had finished before they shut everything down. Which is incredible to think about and if you pay attention to what's written on his car it says DOA dead on arrival oh I never noticed that yep <laughs> oh yeah it is it's all over it mm-hmm 
You can even see Gordon's hand shaking with the gun, too. Mm-hmm. Get him up, get out, show him! Christ, it's Coulson. There's a bomb around his neck! And everyone freaks out. <laughs> Everybody, except Bruce Wayne. Doesn't even flinch. Nope. Doesn't duck down, nothing. He's the only one standing. Because he's fixated on the, on the <laughs> message on Coulson's chest yep. to the Batman. He's standing there in plain daylight as Bruce Wayne, staring the man in the face, and he's just like, shit, that's for me, and I can't do a damn thing about it right now. But after this, it, it's very clear to me now that, they, that Coulson's been in there for a couple hours, if not yeah. the, whole, the whole damn day. I love the robot coming up to him. <laughs> it's protocol. Anytime yeah. there's a bomb threat, that's protocol. Yep. Not there's just something experience, but it's just... There's just something funny about him sitting there, and then this robot just comes up and gets right in his face. Yeah. And the cell phone is still ringing, which... The Riddler had to have had it just do it automatically before he made his way back to wherever his hideout is. Yeah. Here comes Batman, coming out of the shadows again. Again, the slow walk. A cowboy walk, as I like to call it. Yep. No, are, you, are you kidding me? Gordon's just like, oh, he's got it. I, think. I love how they refer to him as Gordon's guy. Your guy. And Coulson's just looking at him like, save me. Save me, please. <laughs> now this scene right here is, without a shadow of a doubt, my second favorite interaction between Batman and the Riddler. Yeah. And again, it's funny, too, because in the trailer, you see the explosion, so we kind of know what's going to happen, but they build the tension so well with this scene. I'm just a phone call away. He really wrote Ring, like, <laughs> in complete just obsession just on one side, and he just says, answer on the other side. My God. Now, this is the scene, too. Wasn't this the point where he wanted, he did, like, a ton of takes trying to figure out the best way for the Riddler to enter the screen in this? Allegedly over 200, yes. Jeez. That's a dedication to your craft right there. I think that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it really wouldn't surprise me if they did, like, 200 takes of him doing this. Let's do it together, okay? Oh, man. You're part of this, too. How am I part of this? You'll see. Say hello to my followers. We're live. <laughs> I love pausing it. I've done it twice now where I pause it just so I can see the comments that they're making. There's a few of them that are their looker comments i'll just say that yeah yep I like how he flips out on colson he's like yeah you. 
you hear me? And then he just goes, <laughs> he's creepy in yeah. all the right ways. And I really do like it. I don't know what but about it is so enticing to me, but it's just such a great performance from Paul Dano. I've always loved little puzzles. For me, they are a retreat for the horrors of our world. That's wicked. Yeah. Maybe they can bring some comfort to you too, Mr. Coulson. <laughs> now this is straight up from the comics, from the games. You yep. answer riddles or you die. It's that simple. And just further plays into the Riddler just having fun with his victims. And his riddles are very poignant and specific. Yep. Especially the first one. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind, but when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. The answer is justice. And you were supposed to be an arm of justice in this city, along with the late mayor and police commissioner. Were you not, Mr. Coulson? <laughs> He's just taunting him. Now, this was used in the marketing, but in a very different way. Uh-huh. If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? Ten grand a month. You got paid ten grand to keep your mouth shut. Wow. Yeah. And to skip on it, doesn't he say like to like pass on like certain cases? Yes. Last riddle. <laughs> I love his delivery of that. Last yep. riddle. The rat. The informant you all protect from the Salvatore Marodi case. How do you know about that? <laughs> well, you mean he is Batman. That just shows you the fear that he has. He is okay with getting blown up <laughs> instead of revealing who the rat is. Five, four, four three, three, two, goodbye. <laughs> Damn. Now both Maggie Gyllenhaal and her husband have been blown up in Batman movies. <laughs> yep. Family tradition. Right it place, is fantastic, right too, I gotta say with this film, that they were able to get away with quite a bit for a PG-13 film. They really pushed the boundaries as much as they could. <sighs> Who cares? I want to see his face. And you try and take his mask off. There's the mistake right there. Yeah. Relax, goddammit. This guy's voice just creeps me out. You protected this guy, Jim? What'd you say? What was he afraid of? You? You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You have any idea what kind of trouble you're in? You could be an accessory to murder. Why? Why and then, touch? And this guy tries to yank the cowl off again. It's like, why? He's... Now I got you in assaulting armor. You got me on assaulting three. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way to do this. What's the matter with you? Just give me a minute. I'll get him to cooperate. This is still one of the best scenes in the whole damn movie. It is. The way they have this tense kind of stare off and then they're secretly talking to one another. That, but it's also acting within acting. They have to put yeah. on a show for the rest of the GCPD and make it look convincing that they're having a conversation about what's going on, but in reality, they know damn good and well that there's no going back from this because they can't trust anyone in that department I like this you listen to me we gotta get you out of here that would put a lot of heat on you so punch me in the face (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad that I didn't see him hand him the key but I'm glad they were able to pull it off yeah now here's where gears start to turn. Who's the mustache with the broken nose? That's Kenzie Narcotics. He's one of the guys I got into at the Iceberg Lounge. What are you saying? Kenzie Moonlights for the Penguin? The, the head tilts everything. It's so well done. Cop, right? And then he just looks at Kenzie. Wham! Gives it to Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Hats, uh, like, big kudos to Jeffrey Wright for this role. Oh, big like, kudos. I was, I, was, I was really excited to see him play Jim Gordon, and he did not disappoint. I love this shot. This shot is entirely practical. Yeah. No CG whatsoever. All of that yep. was legit done. So you can tell this, this is the first time he's going to do this. Yeah. The wingsuit. He's like, all right, it's time to try this out. Let's see what happens. Which is kind of interesting to think that the entirety of his suit is basically one big utility belt. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is also kind of one of those shots where I'm just like, you know, I get it, but it's noticeable. Yeah. You can tell it's noticeable. And then this happens. Bam! Oof! God damn. Oomph. (laughs) Oh, man. That's how you can tell he's a year two Batman. Yep. He should have known better than to deploy it right then and there. How the hell he was able to get up and walk that (laughs) off, I don't know. But, hey. He's going to need some Advil in the morning. He's going to need some Advil and a massage. I like this. Could have at least pulled that punch. I, I did. did. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. Do you? I only trust you. Boom. Solidarity. You think Penguin's the rat? His club caters to the mob. Maroney practically lived there. Penguin would have been privy to a lot of dirt. Well.
like a stool pigeon. Penguin's got wings too. Time for me to have another conversation with him. Penguins also can't fly. This is true. Penguins cannot fly. Which is why they're one of my favorite birds. They have wings, but for no purpose. <laughs> hey, it helps them swim, I guess, but still. And ironic that it's raining. Again. Yeah. Penguin and water. Oh, man. I think the only time in this movie where there wasn't rain was the funeral scene. Yes. See, there's the docks on the east end. Another prominent point in Gotham City. From Batman's mythos. So this is where we find out the drops business has still either never shut down or was picked up by somebody else, i.e. more than likely the penguin. Or they never shut it down at all. That's what I'm leaning towards. They never shut it down in the first place. And that leads them to coming to the idea that the biggest case the GCPD and the mayor had potentially was a fraudulent one if not an outright setup well look who showed up and he tells gordon things just got a lot more complicated and she's got her whip brought the whip this time the same twins mm -hmm. <laughs> getting beaten up again mm-hmm This time, just by Catwoman. There's the money. Yeah, but what's in duffel bag number two? That's the question. Is this how you get your kicks? Sneak up on girls in the dark? Is that why you work in the club? This is all just a score? <laughs> Uh-oh. And oof. Big oof. And here's where the fun really begins. I like Gordon doesn't hesitate. He just revs his car up and he gets in there. Right. Good on him. He's a good cop. Yep. Takes out a couple of them, too. That he does, yeah. I actually like this bit here from the Penguin. Loads his gun. Even kind of walks like a penguin, honestly. <laughs> yep. Fires off a couple rounds. Says, you think you can come after my money, huh? Where's Batman? No one there. Huh. Where could he be? Uh-oh. And here we go. Penguin's just like, what the shit is that? What the shit is that? <laughs> oh, that glow. It's like a demon coming out of It really is. Yep. Look at that. I, oh can, my I God. can hear that engine going right now. Yep. 
Penguin's like, shit. I love how he started it, you know, moved just a little bit just to get him running. And they take off without their stuff. <laughs> I know like we how... talked about it before, but I just absolutely adore that Batmobile. Yeah, I love that Catwoman basically puts Kenzie on his ass and takes the money. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, How penguin. stupid would she have felt, though, if she had grabbed the wrong duffel bag? <laughs> Probably pretty stupid. Yeah, this is without a shadow of a doubt one of the best car chases in a Batman movie. Bar none. If not the best. I'd say one of the best car chases in a movie in general. Yeah. I love the cinematography to it. The soundtrack is absolutely epic. Well, for me, it really goes back to what Reeves has been saying from the beginning. It's very point of view a lot of the car chase is from the view of the batmobile yeah and even if not from batman's perspective as well but you gotta imagine this had to have been a hell of a car chase to shoot because they're in the middle of the rain it's windy yeah. it's just incredible Yeah, that ain't gonna work, Penguin. He he thought ahead on that part. Bulletproof glass, baby. <laughs> I love this game of chicken. Those shots are what I love the most. That that angle at the side of the car. You know, I actually heard people complain that you couldn't get a good look at the Batmobile in this, and I'm just like, really? Bull. <laughs> nonsense and then of course they go into oncoming traffic which I might like to add this is of the penguins old politician not Batman's yep because some people are convinced that this is all Batman's fault and I'm just like yeah. uh, the penguins the one driving first he's the one causing all this mayhem and destruction yep That is a great shot of the car. Oh, my God, I love that car. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. I almost want to build one just like it. But I don't have the money for that right now. So I want to say it's a modified Chevrolet Challenger. I, don't, I have no idea. You get stuck here behind the pedestrian car. It's for sure a modified sports car. That much I do know. That engine. I like how he just pumps the brake. Oh, this is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So much chaos and traffic. 
God, such great cinematography. Crashes through like a big ceramic pipe. Yeah. Now that was just a little too perfect. A little, co- little convenient. It was a little too convenient, <laughs> but I'll allow it. But it, because it gives us this absolutely amazing shot. Right. Like a bat out of hell. Straight up like a bat out of hell, yeah. And then launches the penguin. This part, man, in the theater, everybody went, oh, right here. Bam, oh my god. Now, there are some people who are convinced that he wouldn't have survived this car crash, and I'm just like, he's wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. I've, I've seen post-accidents, and I've seen what cars look like post-accident. I've seen people walk out of cars. So, it's not that it's not realistic. It's just, personally, I think it's just people trying to find a reason to bitch. Oh, and to that point, I've seen the comments of, like, oh, look at that. Batman caused this, like, huge crash and all these explosions, and he didn't go back to help the pedestrians. You gotta remember, at this point, Bruce is still obsessed with vengeance. So, he's not gonna really care about that kind of situation at this point. His obsession is to get the penguin and get the information that he needs. He needs to find that rat. Not only that, I'm sure he was just like, oh, the cops can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> because at this point, he's not at that hopeful... He's not the knight of Gotham yet. No. Riddler? How should I know? I like how Gordon basically lays out everything that they think and they're mm-hmm. assuming. And Penguin's just like, oh yeah. You make you might have something there. The only yeah. problem is I ain't no rat. A minor league mope. <laughs> he knows so much about you. You must know about him. You guys are one hell of a duet here. Why don't you start harmonizing? There's only one problem <laughs> with your little scenario, okay? I ain't no rat! <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a point, too. If he was if he was the rat and Falcone found out, he would be ruined. But there's the irony there. There's the irony in that yeah. who the rat actually is and who he answers to. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, a rat with rings, a stool pigeon. That's not you. Symbols in the maze. It says you are El Rata Alata. It says that? Yeah. It's like some of the worst Spanish I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> this penguin is so good. La Rata. Is Riddler stupid or something? Uh, no, not really. I, I love that call out right there. World's greatest detectives. He doesn't make mistakes. You ever think of that? A friggin' bat? URL. Batman once again being a detective. And what do you know? 
AOL Instant Messenger much? Yeah. All he needs is a screen name. It would probably be like R one D D L three R. Yeah. And then Batman's would be like B four T M four N. I am vengeance with threes for E's. And fours for A's. <laughs> Maybe a five for the S. Victim? Dead? I love that. He will be soon. Here's a clue to where you can find him. an orphan Riddler's just like goodbye damn it he figured it out again <laughs> it was part of the Wayne estate they donated it after they built the tower I, I like love how, how they just leave the penguin behind yep I was just gonna say the same thing <laughs> any and waddles he, right mm -hmm. here <laughs> A waddling penguin left behind. And you can even still see the damage from when the penguin was shooting at his side door. Yeah. You can see the glass all broken and cracked and shit. Oh. That's not eerie. No guns. That's your thing, man. <laughs> Clearly showcasing that they operate on the same side of the law, but they go about it in different ways. Yep. Now you have to figure, he's got to do something with this mansion in the second movie, right? You, one would imagine... I remember that scene right there where the guy popped out. That actually got a few people at my screening. Uh, got a, got him a bit startled. Mm -hmm. Not going to lie, it kind of spooked me the first time I saw it, too. I like how they just walk into a room and just nothing but a projector's playing something on the loop. That turns out to be Thomas Wayne giving his speech about becoming potentially becoming the next mayor of Gotham City. This is also where he announces the Gotham Renewal Fund as well. Right. <sighs> Pledges a one, one billion, billion dollar. That's crazy. Renewal is a lie. Hmm. 
sins of the father. He's starting to put it all together here. Now this scene legit got me when I first saw this because I thought legitimately that they were going to kill Alfred off. Same. I thought to myself after the explosion happens, like, wow, he's really got the gall to kill Alfred off in the first yeah. movie. That's something. I like how Alfred's the one who notices the package. I know. Batman's getting so angry because he knows what's coming. Mm -hmm. For the Batman. Be message number four. Oh, fireproof. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Yep. yep. Yeah, I thought, I thought for sure when I was sitting in the theater watching this, I thought Alfred was a goner. I'm afraid it already has, sir. Oh. Bruce is like, shit. See the eyes. Oh no, Alfred in a hospital bed. Did I lose you there? No, I brought you back in. Did you? Uh, are you still seeing the movie? Uh, yeah, I paused it for a second. No, it's not paused. It said it. Um, I'm the host now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. No, he's now moving the table. We see him spray painting trying to piece together this whole ordeal now. Now, I remember when people thought this was this might have been another section in the Batcave, but it actually turns out to be it's part of the Wayne Tower. Renewal is a lie. Really trying to hammer that fact home. Yeah, right? 
Selena. I like. Oh wow! I just noticed she left a message for him saying, "Where are you?" Oh yeah, I never noticed that. He's just absolutely mesmerized by her pure presence. I like that. Great shot there. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is actually just a really great conversation between the two of them. Yeah. I like that she showed up in her Catwoman getup. I mean, she already knew he was going to show up in his Batman yeah. getup. <laughs> I like that line. I thought you were vengeance. chemistry between them is very very well done oh i agree completely i think it's exquisite between the two of them they're combative yet intrigued by one another they don't necessarily trust one another yet they do want to open up that trust mm -hmm. Oh, this is where she reveals that Carmine's her father. Yep. Oh, she used to go to the club with her mother. Now her mother was strangled and she thinks it was some creep from the club. Which I'm sure we can seduce later on that probably wasn't just any particular creep from the club. Oh no. You assume the worst in people. And that right there shows that they're kind of one and the same because they have a hard time opening up and trusting people. But they yep. feel like they can trust each other because of their past. Those claws. I do love those claws, those nails. Yeah, they look great. Nice little detail to that version of Catwoman, which I don't think has been done before. Oh, now Thomas and Bruce Wayne. 
she kind of sides with the Riddler here a little bit, and I'm just like, hmm, that's funny. She called Kenzie a dick bag. The word dick bag has been used in a Batman movie. <laughs> And there's the kiss. The iconic kiss. Which I think would have made a hell of a poster. Yeah, I am kind of surprised that they never turned that into a poster of some kind. Could be worse. Matter of fact, I think a lot of the marketing for this movie was actually pretty top tier. Well done. A lot of different ways. Wasn't wasted. The trailers were always excellently well done, in my opinion. I agree. So right here, it's established that Martha's family comes from the Arkhams, and both sides of the family, both the Arkhams and the Waynes, essentially built Gotham City, to some extent or another. So he is now intertwined with both the Waynes and the Arkhams. Edward Elliot. Hmm. Elliot, that's a very specific last name. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder if he have a if he had a son named Thomas. Or Tommy. Martha herself was in and out of institutions for years. So she's legitimately insane. Yeah. Which also kind of makes him and what he does a little bit more realistic to some extent or another. Ooh, Carmine Falcone. Uh-oh. Gunshot. The Wings and the Arkham's Gotham's legacy of lies and murder. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Bruce Wayne. This is your legacy, too, and Gotham needs you to answer for the sins of your father. Whew. Talk about chilling. Yeah. So here's the juxtaposition. Earlier on in the movie, he shows up as Batman, and he says, Do you know who I am? And the twins have a laugh. And then he shows up here as Bruce Wayne, and the twin is like, Uh, Bruce Wayne? That's wild. So this is a very interesting altercation between Carmine and Bruce because he essentially gets one perspective on what might have happened to his parents. Yeah. Which can be taken a couple different ways. Is Carmine telling the truth? Is Carmine just toying with his emotions? Or is he just trying to keep a head down while all this information is coming out? Well, that's what I like about this conversation between the two of them, because, yeah, you do get that sense of, like, 
you kind of assume that he's telling him the truth, but at the same time, this is Carmine Falcone we're talking about. So, is it true? Is he lying? Is is he telling him part of the truth? Or is he just telling Bruce what he thinks he might want to hear? Yeah, exactly. Now, when he says the part about the reporter having some dirt and his father coming to him and says, Carmine, I want you to put the fear of God into this guy. That feels like an exaggeration on Carmine's part. Yeah. But then again, we we don't know. Just like Bruce doesn't really know. We don't really know how his father truly acted. Right. So maybe he did talk like that. Maybe he was just as corrupt as all of these guys were. It definitely paints the Waynes in a new light that we haven't seen done before. Yeah, and it's not that I don't always imagine them squeaky clean, but you feel like that's been done enough. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say that it's not accurate because this has been done before in a couple different ways because i know in uh the telltale games they're definitely not squeaky clean yeah very much so but i'm not opposed to it anyway and it, it, it feels more real world to have the have his parents you know his mom suffering from some kind of mental illness and his father kind of succumbing to these dark deeds that would any honestly any political figure may or may not have to just because well, let's be honest how many billionaires are around right now that are upstanding citizens that do great things for people i can count on my hand how many <laughs> how many fingers am i holding up yeah <laughs> there's your answer Bruce is just beside himself of what he's just heard. He has no idea yeah. how to process that information. Well, and just think about it, too. You know, he was doing all of this to honor his parents, to what he thought would do them proud. And now he's finding out that his parents had a lot of skeletons in the closet. They had a lot of baggage, they had skeletons, they were not what he thought they were, and that would be a shock to anyone. This is a really tough scene. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. This, this actually did. This got me choked up in the movie theater when I saw it. Mm. Poor Bruce. Oh, Alfred's awake. Thank God. He ain't dead. Yet. Yet being the operative word, because I don't know. If, if Matt Reeves were to kill Alfred in any of the upcoming movies that he's proposed, because, I mean, there's, you know, a sequel, and then they want to do a trilogy. So if he kills Alfred in any one of those movies, I'd be genuinely surprised. 
And this would definitely be a nice foreshadowing of that. I feel like if he was to end up pulling the trigger and killing Alfred, I think it would be probably a villain like the Joker. It would have to be someone who would have major impact on Bruce's life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Imagine confiding into your what what would Alfred be considered his his guardian about your father and how much you thought you knew him and then having that same guardian be like, Look, dude, your dad was a great man and he made a mistake. Yeah. Because that's what people do. They make mistakes, right? Yep. And the fact that he again too, now we're getting this perspective from Alfred, you know, Falcone told him, you know, he came to me. He wanted me to off this guy. Now you've got Alfred telling him, your father was a good man. He made a mistake. He went to Falcone, but he didn't think Falcone would kill the man. So you've got two opposing views here. Right. So you kind of understand more more here why Bruce is so conflicted on what's going on. Not only does he have to deal with all of this new information that has been revealed to him, now he's trying to process who is telling me the right story. And then when his father comes to terms with what Falcone did, he was like, well, I can't let this come to pass. I'm going to take care of this in the way that yeah. it should have been taken care of. And then that same night, his parents died. Yep. And even Alfred can't say for sure if it was Falcone, if it was Maroney, or if it was just some random mugging on the street. And I think that right there just adds a little a level of ambiguity that, you know, despite the fact that he's this really solid detective and he's on his way to becoming one, that's one thing he might not ever be able to figure out. And I appreciate the fact that Reeves didn't reveal the death to us, because let's be honest, how many times have we seen the Waynes die now? Right. Well, let's see. If you go through uh, Batman, and then Batman Forever, mm-hmm. and then Batman Begins, and then The Dark Knight Rises, and then again with Batman v Superman, that's a total of six times. Five. Yep. That's five. If you include Mask of the Phantasm, six. Six. Yep. That's a lot of time seeing the same people get gunned down. You needed a father. All you had was me. Oof. Alfred hitting them heart strokes, man. Uh-huh. Heart strings. I don't know why I had heart strokes. I meant heart strings. I mean, he looks like he went through a stroke, but now he went through an explosion. <laughs> I mean, he does kind of look like he did go through a stroke, didn't he? I mean, on the plus side, he it looks like he only ended up with, you know, some damage to his face a little bit, but nothing too extreme. Mm -hmm. Bruce confides in Alfred that he almost thought he conquered the fear of losing somebody that he cared about, but 
once it happened to Alfred, that came all running back to him. Yep. And this beautiful moment here where Alfred just reaches his hand out for Bruce's yep. and it's just, I think that right there is a sign of them coming to terms with each other and what they need to do to be a unified duo. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the next film. Yeah. I like how Gordon and Batman show up and they're just like, uh... Did you do it? I thought it was you. No, I thought it was you. Kind of reminds me of the Batman v Superman scene. she with you? I thought she was with you. I thought it was you. Yeah, I think Jeffrey Wright's got to go down as one of the best live-action Gordons ever. He's, yeah, he's, just, my, he's my personal favorite for sure. He's just so damn good in this role. Oh my god. I can't wait to see what they do with him in the next one. Yeah. And like I said, if, if he does end up being the commissioner by the next film. I think it's a possibility he might show up in the, the Penguin show too. Oh, for sure. Because I, mean, I mean, Jeffrey Wright just has a rapport with HBO. You'd have to imagine they, they knowing Matt Reeves they're gonna i would have to imagine they might work him in some way and maybe even maybe that's kind of a, a point of plot for the penguin show maybe it's the rise of penguin while gordon is trying to stop his rise in the criminal underworld and it is gonna presumably take place after this movie which things happen that leave gotham city in a very devastated state so he's gonna be busy yeah And you have to imagine if he's doing underworldly type things that deal with the underground of Gotham City, the police would have to be keen on it in some fashion or another. This is really where you get to see Catwoman struggle with everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole thing spurred from her just wanting to help her friend. I never noticed the tears in her eyes, too. Wow. Mm -hmm. That sucks. I mean, she's listening to her friend getting strangled. This is true. Rata lata. Falcon has wings too. Ooh. <clears throat> and Kenzie's of all people to legit reveal the whole thing behind yeah. all of this. It's this goon who moonlit as a cop. Yep. <laughs> Kenzie's got this look like, ah, uh, shit. Renewal's everything. Mm. 
So after Thomas Wayne was murdered, the renewal fund was left up for grabs, and everyone who had a piece of power in Gotham City went after it. I mean, yeah, there's a billion dollars sitting inside it. Right. So then the mayor, Falcone, Maroney, they all want a piece of it. But Falcone, being Falcone, wanted more. Decided to take Maroney out of it. And then as a result, taking out his drops business, well, not really taking it out, but taking it over, having Penguin take that over, having Mayor Mitchell be his puppet, having the commissioner there as another puppet. He basically owns Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Which really makes me wonder, after the events of this movie, do we see Maroney come back? Not even do we see Maroney come back. Who else had a hand in the Gotham Renewal Fund? Yeah. Was there an even bigger society of people that we don't know about? Like a court, if you will. Yeah. Oh, Batman, you're such a G. Saving Mackenzie's ass like that. <laughs> what a nice guy. Well, Catwoman gets away. do this my way now, this is a great shot all on its own Batman goes down the building and the camera kind of does a 180 mm-hmm. yeah that's great that's great filmmaking right there or even the light that reflects off of her motorcycle mm-hmm. love that and she's motivated now. She's got her gun. She's ready to get to work. Mm -hmm. She's pissed. Rightfully uh -huh. so. But luckily she's got another wig too. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing there. He's just like, uh... He's like, I'm so tired of answering this door. Locks him out, too. Yeah. Doesn't even have a suit on yet. <laughs> Just gives the dude one-two and then goes right back into what he's doing best. Yep. Oh, man. Too perfect. He doesn't have time. He's like, He's got no time to deal with this. She's really putting on a show for Carmine. That's what I was just about to say. She's doing such a good job playing his, playing it up for him. She got a tissue all right. Didn't I tell you? I think you're really going to want to see this. She's like, God damn it, why did he have to walk in right then? Look at how quickly her expression changed. Right. From playing up that sad sack moment and then just filled with anger. 
And now this is the moment where everyone realizes Carmine Falcone is the rat. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're done, Falcone. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty done. I like how she slowly creeps in on him as he's... Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she knows that right now he's probably dealing with something that is consuming his time, but you might as well play it safe. I like how she just addresses him. She's like, hey, Dad, I'm yeah. Maria Kyle's kid. And he's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> just put the gun down, honey. No. It ain't gonna work like that, Dad. And yet she was such a bad shot. Granted, that was probably her first time ever handling a gun, but... No, I don't think that's her first time. I think she's probably handled one before. Those kicks of hers, man. Ooh, here's a fun shot. Yes. This is one of those shots I almost wish they didn't put in the trailer, because I think it would have gotten an even bigger reaction in the theater. just realized that guy wasn't using a flashlight he was using his phone's flashlight <laughs> mm -hmm. this batman is just a walking bulletproof beast yeah. and then of course you got well why didn't they shoot him in the head okay then there wouldn't be a movie <laughs> I'm really tired of the whole, like, shoot him in the head thing with everything. As if everyone who carries a gun is an excellent marksman and can easily shoot someone in the head. Right. Oh, he just smacked her across the face with a pull cue. Yeah. Big oomph. And now he's going to strangle her just like he did to Annika. Mm-hmm. And presumably her mother. Yeah, probably. Seems to be his uh, go-to move. I was so happy when they did the scratch. Yeah, right? Because that's another nod to the Long Halloween. Yep. Not a direct nod to the Long Halloween. And the way he justifies it, too, you made me do this. No, nah, mm -hmm. dude, you're just kind of a scumbag. Yeah. It's like, you did this of your own politician, man. You, this is on you. And it's funny, too, with all of this going on, 
you kind of, I, I mean, I even did in the theater for a minute. I kind of forgot about everything with the Riddler. I was so enthralled with everything that was going on here. Yeah, you almost forget that he's the one the Riddler's looking for. Yeah. Man, Totoro did such a good job as Falcone. He did. Matter of fact, I don't think there's one bad casting in this movie. I don't think so. I think everyone fulfilled their role excellently. I love this shot where they come out and there's just all these cops. Hands them off to Martinez. Mm-hmm. The city of Gotham will provide one for you. <laughs> Peng was just like, you goddamn rat. I love that they mentioned Blackgate. Yep, that's another one. Spray paint your ass. <laughs> Caught him a gimp in an empty suit. Riddler timed that shot perfectly. And I think this scene right here, where they look at one another, I think right here, Falcone knew that Batman was Bruce. I think that's a pretty safe bet. We'll never know because he is dead. And there's the Riddler. And this is really the moment, like in the theater, when this happened. I was just like, oh, yeah, shit. The Riddler stuff. Crap, I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Catwoman's happy. Like how Batman charges in like he's ready for a fight and he's kind of surprised that there's nothing going on. Hmm. There's him working on a rat trap. Or rather, mm -hmm. there, there's a concept of one. Which, if I remember, didn't you say you missed the rat trap the first time? I did. I actually wound up going to the bathroom the first time they showed off the uh. dead commissioner. So, yes. Mm 
was there the whole time. Ooh. The guy's sitting by himself at the counter right now at the diner down the street. Now, it took some balls to have this shot be the opening of the second trailer. I thought so, too. I was really, really surprised that they put this in the trailer. They even kind of sort of play it up like like is this face going to be disfigured or something like that? Nope, he's nope. just this average regular, regular ass looking mofo. Yep. The look on his face right here is like he's, yeah. he's excited to have been yeah. caught. It's like he's almost kind of having it out in his pants a little bit. Yeah. Which this is what he's been wanting. Yeah. And he gets one good look at Batman, and he's just like, ooh, hello. There's the guy that helps me with everything. That wicked smile, dude, is yeah. creepy. Oh, man. He's so happy, he thought he made a friend. Now, here's the shot. The question mark inside the coffee cup. I like that shot. I noticed one of his uh, fake alias names on those IDs. One of them was Patrick Parker. I wonder if he's throwing a little bit of shade there to Peter Parker. <laughs> hey, might be. Again, Batman going into detective mode. Mm-hmm. Imagine the amount of stuff they were able to find inside the Riddler's little hideout here. And you also got to figure, it's going to take a lot of time for GCPD and even lawyers and whoever else might be involved in whatever case he gets tried for. It's going to take a lot of time for them to go through all of this. Yeah. A lot of time. Which is why I think there could very well be a time jump between this movie and the next movie. Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking maybe like, maybe they even do the same thing. Maybe they go two years from the end of this movie. You know, Batman's had another two years to kind of, that's what I think it's going to be like a two, two and a half year time doing. jump. Yeah. phone pieces all over the place all the newspaper clippings on the walls there's that mask again no more lies and then Batman notices something look at all those rats Jesus this one ain't a rat
Now that is just a beautiful creature of nature, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh-oh. One more letter. That means he planned on getting caught, Batman. Should be a big red flag for you, buddy. Who's Batman for being willing to just reach in there and grab it? with it just for you my confession Batman just knowing that this is not quite done yet nope this is far from over 500 followers fringe types no way the Riddler <laughs> you're kidding Now this right here, it is so pointed in the direction that the Riddler knows who Batman is, and yet the fact that it doesn't turn out being that is just so perfect, because yeah. it, sh it showcases the Riddler's ego getting the better of him. Yep. Maybe this is all coming to an end. What is the Batman? Gordon gets the call. Riddler's asking for you at Arkham. Batman's like, shit. And here we go. Now this is my favorite sequence between the two of them. Might as well. Without a shadow of a doubt. And he's like so relieved to see Batman. He's so happy. I know. He's so excited. Told you I'd see you in hell. <laughs> what? If only you knew how long I've been waiting for this day. So how long has he been planning this whole thing? That's the question. Yeah. Gotta give it at least a year. Because I know they're doing a prequel comic and it's called Riddler Year One, so you'd have to imagine that's probably gonna be the course of that year is probably going to be him formulating this plan. Yeah. I mean, Batman's only been around for two years. Right. So you got to imagine he started becoming obsessed probably once Batman started becoming more prominent in the city. You have to imagine he probably became very aware of him because obviously there's some history here between Batman and this version of the Joker that we haven't seen yet. Yep. And he being the Riddler, Edward, this, ver this version, Edward Nashon, more than likely paid attention. 
I'm curious to see what and how that all that stuff factors into it. Neri starts going on about how Thomas Ware, Thomas Wayne announces running for mayor, died a week later, and then everyone forgot about him and the rest of the other orphans, and now they can just talk about poor Bruce Wayne. Yep. The way he said that earlier, Bruce Wayne. Orphan. The amount of contempt he has with just saying that word in conjunction with Bruce Wayne. Like, he's absolutely disgusted with it. Yeah. Don't you tell me. Do you know what being an orphan is? And his description of being an orphan in the Wayne Manor, horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely horrifying. Rats chewing fingers, baby rats dying in winter. He really paints you a picture of how bad it was being an orphan in that in that mansion. Yeah. Every winter, one of the babies dies. But everybody, everybody's got to focus on the orphan billionaire. With the lying dead daddy. <laughs> when he says he's the only one he didn't get, that's when Batman finally decides to look at him. Yeah. And then he realizes he doesn't know who I am. He was right in front of his face the whole time. He still didn't figure it out. I love how he said, we got the rest of them, didn't we? Right. And the way he, he emphasizes on the we. Like, he truly believes that he and Batman have been working together this whole time. All everyone wants to do is unmask you. But they're missing the point. You and I both know. I'm looking at the real you right now. <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't give a shit who Batman is underneath the mask uh -huh. I told you we've been doing this together you're a part of this we didn't do anything together we did what did we just do I asked you to bring him to light and you did we're such a good team <laughs> oh my god he's so obsessed with Batman it's not even I mean it's it's funny, but it's 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 perfect because his obsession is exactly what every other villain that is going to come into his life has the same issue with. Like they are all obsessed with getting his attention because yep. they think they can one up him in some way. And, oh, then, and the way that he shows, he tells Batman, you know, all of my genius was up in my mind. I couldn't do what you are capable of doing. And then when Batman tells him, like, I didn't do this to help you. I did it because you're insane. Like, yeah. everything that happened is your fault. And you're going to rot in here for the rest of your life. And he just breaks down. No. I had it all planned out. We were going to be safe here. <laughs> we could watch the whole thing together. Everything. <laughs> Dude, Paul Dano deserves, like, all the awards for this portrayal of the Riddler. He just 
owned it. Yep. It was all there. You mean you didn't figure it out? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. <laughs> See, Batman may have caught the Riddler, but that's not the big picture. Nope. Nope. You that may wasn't have... his plan at all. Nope. Not at all. What have you I done? Love I love this delivery by Pattinson. What have you done? It's like, dude, beating the snot out of him isn't going to help anything. <laughs> well, but that's all he knows right now. Mm hmm. Kind of similar to how when Bale lost control with the Joker in the interrogation room. Yeah, this is true. He just figured beating the crap out of him would work, and Joker straight up told him, you don't have anything to bargain with me on. Now Batman's trying to scramble to figure out what the hell the Riddler had planned the entire time. There's our first look at the actual, the point of the symbol on the chest is. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I really like that because, I mean, all the other times, I mean, the symbol is just there on the chest because it's the symbol. Right. But he actually has a use for it. Yeah, it's like kind of a de facto batarang that he doesn't use too much, if at all. Batman's like, what? What did you just say? It's a tucker. He's like, what now? Then he looks at it. Then he looks at the floor and he's like, wait a minute. He's got a green carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Just noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, he would have a green carpet. Yep. We pulled that carpet up all right. I love how Martinez is just like, oh, come on, man, what are you, what are you doing? It's still a crime scene. Yep. And but underneath that carpet is one clue they all overlooked. I like how his last video they find is him just talking in his regular rasp voice. Yeah, I know. That's I thought that was interesting. But again, he's talking to his followers, so right. right. He doesn't feel the need to put on a grand show. And then of course again, I always keep pausing to look at like what they're saying in the comments. Rifles are good, what gauge, what caliber. 
don't, don't forget, forget your cling wrap. wrap. <laughs> it's a winter combat mask. And see, it's it's plain as day that that's what that is, and yet you got some people online who are like, why is he wearing a gimp mask? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like, whatever. Dumb. Got 507 followers at the time. It's not following anybody, though. That's rude. I have, I have more followers than the Riddler on Twitter. <laughs> if the Riddler, if this was the Riddler's Twitter page, I would have more followers than the Riddler. I don't know if that's scary or an accomplishment. <laughs> the Day of Judgment is finally upon us. I've parked seven vans along the city seawall. Oof. On the big night, they will go boom. Oh. 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 <laughs> He's just going boom from his cell. <laughs> I know. Now, I've seen some people argue that this was a completely unnecessary, like, climax. But I'm just sitting here going, this was the Riddler's plot the whole time. This is what he wanted. He wanted to take out those who believed were corrupt, and he wanted to cleanse the city. This was his goal. Yeah. Rifles are good. That's a scary yep. message to see online. Yep. I like how they all dressed up exactly like him. I know. Aviator glasses and everything, too. Uh, true, I never noticed that they were all still wearing the glasses as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every one of them. Yeah, I definitely don't think the Riddler's done after this movie. I think no, there's more. He's, he's definitely coming back at some point. Maybe not in the sequel, but I think he will be making a return at some point. She's like, shit, I don't want to go inside the garden. She's just trying to get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> looks like Gordon's really starting to take charge here. You know, he's making him known. We've got an active situation. we got to get the mayor-elect out of here. Yeah. Makes you wonder where the hell Bach is. Oh, wait. Probably yeah. serving time alongside... Yeah. Probably answering for Carmine Falcone. One or the other. I don't know.
very kind of eerie shot too it's you know these guys are looking down on all the people Mm -hmm. and you just know that something really bad is about to happen Oh, Mayor Real, you are fiercely <laughs> in favor of being in danger. And then uh, she lo- you know? and then she looks up, and then she's like, "Oh shit!" Bam. Now, for a second there, did you think that they actually killed her, or just I did. hurt her? I yeah. did. I actually thought they killed her for a second. And then he pulls her aside, and then obviously, you know, she's holding her chest. Yeah. Clearly she wasn't dead. Here's an entrance. Here's a hell of an entrance. Oh, he's a terrible Batman. He let all that glass fall on the crowd. (sighs) People will find anything to complain about in a Batman movie. gonna slide down the pole final fantasy 7 style yep take out these goons see the goon shot through the other goon it wasn't batman's fault yep another thing i noted and you know another criticism oh he throws these guys to their deaths when clearly they have they're attached to those harnesses yeah notice one of the goons that he was just beating up that didn't have a harness he didn't throw him over the side because he realized he wasn't connected to a harness Mm -hmm. it's almost like batman knows what he's doing here well maybe not here when he gets you know put on his ass and they're dragged by the cape but you know it's still a bit of a testament to his uh uh uh-oh you better duck dude See that? That's a little beyond his control there. <laughs> right. That's not his fault. Again, too, though, let's say he was legitimately killing these guys. This is a Batman who's obsessed with vengeance, who is obsessed with dishing out punishment. So I think he would be okay with it if he did end up killing these guys. I can only imagine so. Or if he lets someone die by, um, you know, environmental circumstances, he'd probably just shrug it off and be like, it was their fault. I mean, everybody was okay with it when Bale let Ra's al Ghul die. Everyone was okay with it when Bale also blew up a whole temple full of people. <laughs> yeah, very true. I don't have to... What is it? I won't kill you, but I don't have, I have to, to save, save you. you. Yep. That's just like, yeah, that's a bit of a cop out there. He just beats the shit out of these guys (laughs) with a rifle, not a shit. Just so good. Oof, but then he takes one right to the chest. Shotgun to the chest. Now this fringy Riddler goon is just like, I I got him. I got the Batman. I'm I'm about to kill the Batman. 
and he's just like the Riddler. He's relishing it. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting it done, he's he's giddy and he's excited and he wants to relish in this moment. Even going so far as to just slowly point the gun at his cowl, uh-huh. it's just like, dude, if you were really intelligent, <laughs> yep. you would have done something. But you would have shot him right away. Yeah. Selena in for the win. Selena in for saving Batman's ass. Yep. And he's all hazy. He's like, huh? Uh, um, (laughs) what's going on right now? I'm where? It's over. Not quite, but yeah, it's pretty close to over. We're getting there. Ah. I don't know if you can hear it, but my bird's going insane right now. I just had an Amazon package delivered. Well, don't let Catwoman near her. She might swallow her. (laughs) Yeah. Ironic, too. You know what just got delivered? Hmm. The Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray. Oh, there you go. I got it on Amazon for 14 bucks. Hmm. Oh. Emergency dose of adrenaline. Now, see, I just, I, I remember when I saw this in the theater, I was like, he, he's injecting Venom. Venom is in this movie. That's what a lot of people thought. And then yep. it was revealed through concept art and a bunch of other stuff that it was just, in fact, just adrenaline. I'd like to believe it's Venom, because I want to imagine that Bane exists somewhere in this world. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Bane deserves justice. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that Tom Hardy's was awful, but I just, I want a more, I want a more Bane Bane than traditional a, uh, Bane. Yeah. Or, yes, I want a more traditional Bane than a uh, Nolan interpretation of Bane. Gordon's like, Jesus, man. Beat the crap out of this dude. And then it turns out to be the guy that was at the church. Yeah. That's what I always thought. It was the dude at the church. I'm vengeance. And that's right there when Batman realizes that everything he's done up to this point has been kind of fruitless. Yep. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that the the gunshot damage at his chest. Mm Mm-hmm. I just now yeah, his, suit, his suit got messed up during this. Yep. Uh oh. More flooding. That's a, that's a lot of water. That's a whole lot of water. That's a great shot right there. The water pouring into the stadium. He's realizing what he has to do. I can hear the the bell chimes again. Yep. The kind of Batman that he has to become. 
So in that moment, he realizes that vengeance isn't going to be the way, and he's got to save these people if he wants to make a big difference. Yep. Now, did my eyes just deceive me, or did he legit get shocked by that? I feel like he I got think, shocked. Yeah. yeah, when he cut it, he definitely got shocked by it. So the water woke him up. I'm I assuming, yeah. I think. I do appreciate the fact that they not only focus on Catwoman reacting to him falling, but Gordon as well. Right. So, I mean, they really have been his only two allies through this whole thing. Right. I'm sure Alfred would have too, but Alfred's not there, but... Yeah, he's a little he's a little done for the day. Yeah. Maybe the rest I of the year. I love this shot. Yes. Beautiful shot right here. Batman with the flare. And all these people are kind of reluctant to get help from him, and it's not until the mayor's mm -hmm. son is the one that reaches out. I mean, even those guys that were trying to pull the rubble aside stepped back in fear from him as he walked up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, none of them are reaching for him. Even the mayor. mayor yeah. The mayor-elect. She's like, uh-uh. But it's the mayor's son that makes the move first. This is hands down. This is, to me, this is one of my absolute favorite moments of anything related to Batman. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the strongest endings you could have for a Batman movie. And the fact that this is also the ending of a first movie in a proposed trilogy yeah. makes me wonder what kind of stuff Reeves has in his mind for the next two proposed films. It really makes you wonder in the sequel, are we going to get one? Is it going to be the length of this film? Is it going to, my God, that shot. Yeah. The, intric the intricate details that this film had, are we going to get that? Are we going to get that much dedication as we got in this first film in the sequels? Well, I mean, Matt Reeves doesn't half-ass anything. If you've no. seen Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, you know full well that that man does not half-ass anything when it comes to filming yeah and i think this film i honestly think the second film is probably going to be around the same time length i think it's going to be another three hours probably i've actually got that on the way too uh because i want to i want a chance to rewatch them i ordered along with the dark knight trilogy i got the uh planet of the apes trilogy there you go so that should be arriving in the next day or so you know, Penguin's really lucky that the infrastructure to that building did not <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's exquisitely lucky. And see this right here with the mayor giving this speech of how, you know, things are going to change not just with the city, but with the political, you know, the people in politics, the elected officials, all of that's going to change, which really gives me the vibe that we are going to see Harvey Dent at some point. I think that's a very huge possibility. I love this. Vengeance won't change the past. Yep.
I absolutely love this, how he sets the, the woman down and she just, she doesn't want to let go. Mm-hmm. He has now, he has now become the symbol of hope for Gotham City. From vigilante to pillar of justice and heroism. He's definitely going to need a new suit. Yeah. He, he's not going to be able to rely on this suit anymore. It's taken way too much damage. And here's the scene where at first I was kind of like, ah, uh, this is kind of unnecessary. But had they put in that deleted scene, I, I think this would have hit even harder for me. I agree. Running on your parade like that. Poor Riddler, he's still so upset. Well, yeah, I mean, he had this <laughs> whole grand plan for Gotham City, and it just yep. went, it, all the attention just went straight to Batman. Yep. Almost like how all the attention went to an orphan Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Irony. He's been ignored yet again. Hey, hey, hey don't be sad. Hmm. You did so well. Gotham loves a comeback story. That they do. That they do. Who are you? Well, that's the question. Isn't it? I love the little hints you get. You get a little brief look at the smile. You yep. can see his teeth are kind of messed up. You can see the green hair. You can see the disheveled green hair. The less of them you have, the more one is worth. A friend. And then the laugh. Mm-hmm. Now, who'd have thought that was the kid for Maternals who had the ability to take over mines? <laughs> Barry Keoghan. Crazy. Oh, and loving memory of Maria Kyle. That I found kind of interesting to just suddenly jump to this and to see her visiting her mom's grave. I mean, Catwoman... I mean, as far as the film interpretations have gone, no attention has really ever been paid to her backstory, if you really think about it. You know, in Returns, there's like a a voicemail from her mom. That's it. True. Yeah, I do. I did forget about that. And then in The Dark Knight Rises, it's, it's just kind of implied that she grew up homeless, scavenging on her own, essentially. Speaking of Catwoman, have you watched that animated Catwoman film yet? I need to. I still need to watch Catwoman Hunted. I haven't I haven't got a chance to watch it either. She really wants him to go to Bloodhaven with her. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I love, as soon as she's like, I Bloodhaven, I'm like, ooh, okay. I see where you're going, Reeves. Yeah. 
Kind of hoping he puts Dick Grayson in the sequel. Well, and like you and I talked about um, on one of our previous episodes, bring him in, make him Robin, and just have him be Robin by the time we pick up in the film. Mm-hmm. We don't need the origin. Just right. throw him in there. He's right. been with Batman. He's learning to be Robin. I'd be totally okay with that. Same. I would be 100% fine if they just... The same way that they jumped into him being Batman here, I would be fine if they just jumped in with them doing the Batman and Robin relationship. No going over the origin, no none of that. Yeah. Just you know, be... it, through dialogue, give us hints at what happened. You know, maybe he talks to the dick about the fact that, you know, I understand you lost your parents. I'm here to help you. But don't we don't need the whole origin. Just mm-hmm. throw us in. Let us experience it as the film wants us to experience it. I like his little bat cycle motif. He's got the little ears on the headlight. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dope. Another thing I just noticed, the few times that there have been shots in the daytime, it's never raining during the day. Nope. It's only raining it's during night. It's always raining during night. Plus, you'd have to imagine the only reason he's on a bike is probably because half the city's flooded and he can't really maneuver it with a car. Yeah, true. Almost like he needs something that maybe could fly. That's what I think might happen. Yeah, may get a Batwing in the sequel, but I don't know. Maybe even not to the degree of like a full-on Batwing. Maybe it's some kind of like hovercraft or something like that. Yeah, let's not do the bat again. Let's just just not, okay? Let's just not. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be fine with like a mini jet, but let's not do the hover bat thing again. (laughs) Like no knock to that movie, but that that was just kind of... Yeah. It was kind of, all right, cool. They both go their separate ways. That they do. I appreciate that this is where it ends, too. That makes two of us. You know, he looks back, and then he sees her, you know, she kind of vanishes, and he proceeds, he moves on. Because he knows that he has to. He knows this city needs him. There we go. Directed by Matt Reeves. What an incredible piece of Batman cinema. Cinema in general, in my opinion. Yeah, this movie was definitely worth it, and there's a name I don't like. <laughs> Just, that person can eat a, eat a bag, as far as I'm <laughs> But, um, yeah, this movie is impeccable in every aspect. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Uh-uh. And I'm glad we got to do this. And, dude, this movie's just too awesome not to, not to follow up on. I'm I'm really curious to see where they take the sequel. That name right there, Michael Giacchino, had just round of applause for him on the soundtrack to this film. I'm usually not one to pay too much attention to soundtracks in films, mm-hmm. but his score is so well done in this film. It matches everything that happens. Yeah, I dig it. 
and his Batman theme is pretty unforgettable. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I really, I legit, I have now watched this film, let's see, three times in theaters, two times on streaming, and now this time that we've watched it, I legitimately can't think of anything that I could put as a negative towards this film. Yeah, I have absolutely nothing bad to say about this movie, period. Nothing at all. Oh, Charlie Carver, Max Carver, twins. Presumably, mm-hmm. maybe Tweedledee, Tweedledum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was Matt Reeves, the Batman. And I'm over the moon about it. I love this movie. I love everything about it. I love the aesthetic. I love the look. I love the feel of Gotham City. Everything about this movie is just too awesome not to pass up. It's my it, definitely too. I love this Gotham City. For the longest time, the Burton. Gotham City was kind of my favorite like setting for the films. This beats it out hands down for me. I think for me, my favorite was probably... Yeah, I would almost say probably Batman Returns or Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. But I think this one really takes the... And I, you know, I've said it multiple times, like this is my favorite solo Batman movie. Yep. But that, I think, is where we are going to kind of wrap it up because it's been nearly three hours. And this movie, this movie's worth the watch. I will say that. But three yeah. hours is still three hours. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, my friend, where can where can people follow you along if they wish to converse with you about this epic masterpiece or if they want to tell you something we might have missed on the internet? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you want to follow me along, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, and I'm now on TikTok. At uh, all of them are the same. It's uh, Craigie Omega, C R A I G G Y O M E G A. And if y'all want to follow me, it's uh, kind of the same deal. You can follow me on Vero Twitter, Instagram, as well as TikTok, just at Unfiltered, U uh, N P H I L T E R E D D D. Feel free to also drop us an email at EternalNightPod at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. And that's that's where we're putting a pin in it. Can't wait to do the next film in however many years when they decide to throw it out there. Yeah. But uh, that, that is where we are shutting the signal off for the day or night, whatever your listening preferences. Take it easy. Stay safe. Stay vengeful, everybody.
Thank you for listening to The Eternal Night. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Media or DC Entertainment. All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. Drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.